From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome back to The Dairy Show, everyone. I'm your host, Katie Schmidt. And this week, we have a special guest joining us from Wisconsin in the form of Taylor Schaefer, who is better known here in the state this year as Alice in Dairyland. So welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. How are you? I'm, I'm great. It's a beautiful day in Wisconsin, so not a bad day to, to chat about things happening in Wisconsin and Absolutely. what it's like to advocate with a crown and how people can go about doing that without it too. So mm-hmm. we're going to start though with some basics. Tell us a little bit more about you. Absolutely. So I really started my story in agriculture on my family's beef and crop farm in Franksville, Wisconsin, which is just south of Milwaukee in Racine County. I was an avid 4-H member for over 10 years, and the best gift that my parents ever really gave me was the opportunity to be a farm kid. I learned how to take responsibility, work hard, and really be prepared for anything and everything. And that experience was the first of many to prepare me for my job as Wisconsin's agriculture ambassador. But the agriculture industry really as a whole has always played a key role in my life. I loved exhibiting beef steers as a kid um, here in Wisconsin and all over the country as well. So these experiences really impacted me more than I ever realized and led me to pursuing an education in agricultural communications. I graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in the spring of 2022 with degrees in animal sciences and life sciences communication. And while completing my various degrees, I was able to take courses that focused on a wide variety of agricultural topics. I also held quite a few different jobs throughout my college career as well. So I worked at the Dairy Cattle Center on campus, milking cows and assisting researchers with a few of their projects, while also performing research of my own in genetics. So that was kind of interesting too. On campus, I was dedicated to my involvement in the Association of Women in Agriculture, Badger Dairy Club, And I was also a member of the University of Wisconsin marching band for four years. And although my days were often long, I found great joy in hosting events and promoting agriculture throughout campus and the greater Dane County community as well. So in terms of internships, I have also held quite a few of those. Just to highlight one, my internship at Meyer Farms Beef, um, which I held last summer actually, so the summer of my senior year, it gave me a really great appreciation for buying local food. So I was able to share agriculture stories, at farmers markets every week. And I enjoy talking to people about how beef begins on the farm and makes it to your fork while sharing the 175 year history of the Meyer Farm, which is in Slinger, Wisconsin. In my senior year of college, I also began working for the Midwest Farm Report as a farm broadcaster. And this realm of agricultural communications was very new to me, but I really enjoyed learning more about Wisconsin's diverse agriculture communities and sharing that with various audiences across the state. Seven days after I graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, I was selected as the 75th Alice in Dairyland and officially began my journey on July 5th. So it's been quite a, a, quite a crazy couple of months, but um, it's really been a really great opportunity for me to learn more about Wisconsin agriculture and further my story in the industry as well. Yeah, until you mentioned Meyer Farms and listeners, if they are returning listeners, might know a little bit about that. We did have Shelly Meyer on the mm-hmm. podcast this summer as our industry person of the year this year. So we had to learn a little bit about what they do over in Slinger. So that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. There's this connection, right? And I think that's something that we see often in air culture and in the dairy world. Like it's a very Mm -hmm. tight-knit community. 
you've taken on this role as Alice ever since uh, this summer, so a few months ago. Can you explain what Alice in Dairyland is for mm-hmm. people who are likely listening to this outside of the state of Wisconsin? Well, I mentioned that I am the 75th Alice in Dairyland. So the program officially began in 1948. It was started in conjunction with the Wisconsin Centennial Celebration at the Wisconsin State Fair. So back then, the very first Alice was 18-year-old Margaret McGuire, and she was known as the fantasy of Wisconsin's dairy industry. So that's where the name Alice in Dairyland began at the time, but she was a beauty queen that was fresh out of high school. So in 1952, that's really when the program took its first turn. That's when Alice in Dairyland morphed into a full-time contract position with a salary through the State Department of Agriculture. And at the time, Alice applications were really in the hundreds, and they had a personal jet that flew them across the country and across the world promoting Wisconsin agricultural products. Early Alice's traveled nationwide with a chaperone, because remember, they were only 18 years old, and they logged about 150,000 miles a year, a year. Most of that was on an airplane, and they made about 1,000 appearances annually. So today you can see the Alice in Dairyland program looks a little bit different than that. I do not have a jet, and I mostly stay here within the state of Wisconsin. But Alice is a public relations professional with at least four years of experience or education in agriculture, public relations, communications, or related fields. And beyond individual communication skills, the job requirements include a knowledge about Wisconsin's diverse agriculture industry, products, history, resources, and rural urban issues. So it's really about how you communicate key messages about the agriculture industry to various audiences across the state. And it is about a six month long application process. So it begins back in January and February. And that's when candidates first submit a resume and a cover letter and they come in for an interview. So from that interview, a selection panel will select six top candidates. And from that candidate pool, they really go through five months of training, doing everything that Alice does in a normal year in a shorter period of time. So this includes TV interviews, radio interviews, talking to people about Wisconsin agriculture, an interview panel, and two presentations as well. So getting on stage and presenting about a topic that is really selected at random. So I remember mine was about cranberries and innovation in agriculture. So I talked about jobs in the cranberry industry in terms of technology and innovation. So that's what I did back in May. But it really just focuses, again, on your marketing and communication skills and your ability to convey key messages about Wisconsin agriculture. So this is legitimately a full-time job, and you had a very public job search, basically, take place or job interview process. That's Interesting to think of it that way. I I did the princess program back in Minnesota when I was over there as a dairy kid and did the princess cave, the Milky way is what we call ours. And it's not a full-time job. It's a like added position on top of going to school and you are a little bit younger typically in that position. And I think that's the case for a lot of other dairy princess positions that we see throughout the country beyond Alice. I think Alice is very unique in what she does. Unique Alice things also include roles and responsibilities at World Dairy Expo. Can Mm -hmm. you touch on what you got to do the week of Expo as Alice and what your favorite thing to do was? So the last four years, I have spent a lot of time at World Dairy Expo, but this was as, as a student with the Badger Dairy Club. So most of the time I made grilled cheese sandwiches. This year was very fun because I not only was able to eat those grilled cheese sandwiches, but I also got to attend quite a few events that I've never attended before. 
To kick off my expo week, I was able to moderate the environmental benefits of modern dairy technologies discussion panel where a new study was revealed and industry professionals who are members of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers discussed how new technologies are not only making the dairy industry more sustainable, but also what their outlook on the dairy industry is over the next 10 years. So it was a really great opportunity for me to learn and to connect with some media professionals as well talking about Wisconsin dairy. I was also able to attend the Wisconsin Dairy Products Auction, where we celebrated Wisconsin cheesemakers and, of course, enjoyed plenty of Wisconsin cheese. I also visited with a few delegates from the National 4-H Dairy Conference who traveled from states across the, the country for World Dairy Expo. I attended Moos and Brews, which was a pop-up taproom event across the street from the expo grounds, and 10% uh, of all proceeds from that event were actually used to purchase dairy products for River Food Pantry here in Madison. And finally, on Friday, I was able to deliver the Supreme Champion envelope on the last day of World Dairy Expo. And it's really hard for me to pick a favorite memory from the 2022 World Dairy Expo. I truly loved everything that I did, but one I certainly will not forget was the Supreme Champion Ceremony. It's really been a lifelong dream of mine to walk the colored shavings as Alice in Dairyland and fulfilling that while also being surrounded by the highest quality dairy cattle the world has to offer. It's really a remarkable experience. A former roommate of mine was actually announced as the Supreme Champion of the Junior Show with her cow, Annette. And I remember watching her travel across the country with Annette on TV in our living room, actually, last year. So we spent a lot of time watching her on the TV. I was finally able to be in the ring with her at World Dairy Expo this year, only feet away when they announced her. So that made the night that much more special. But that was truly one that I will never forget. Yeah, I think watching Supreme from the stands is an incredible experience. That's how I was first introduced to World Dairy Expo. Mm -hmm. But to see it and be a part of it on the shavings is like next level, incredible, incredible feelings. Like it's just chills because it's mm -hmm. it, it is the best of the best. And it's one of those things you do once, right? Like, especially yeah. for you, Taylor, like you get to do that one time. Mm -hmm. Were you worried you were going to trip? I was. And I actually was really, really worried about that. I thought about it a lot before the event. And right before I walked out there, my roommate's family was standing right there at the end of the at the end of the Coliseum and they told me not to trip. So then I had it in my head again. But I I really just kind of put that out of my head and walked straight ahead. And I did not fall. Everyone was worried I was going to because I am a little bit of a klutz. I do trip over myself a lot, but I did not fall. <laughs> Well, you made it through that and you're making it through your reign as Alice. So let's think about that um, part of, we'll move beyond Expo. We'll, we'll think broader Alice pieces and advocating for agriculture. And obviously on this podcast, we talk about dairy in particular, mm -hmm. you know, how does the title of Alice that you get to have for this year in your job, how does that impact your ability to advocate for agriculture? When the program was first started, Alice was always seen as a young woman who advocated for the agriculture industry. We've really held on tight to that throughout the 75 years of the program, but it offers a very unique ex experience and opportunity for women in the state of Wisconsin. I'm not only able to serve as the official agriculture ambassador for one year, but I also really have an opportunity to act like a student, learning more about diverse areas of the agriculture industry and sharing that with others as well. So Alice is obviously very well known across the state of Wisconsin and is easily recognizable by those involved in the agriculture, agriculture industry and for those who might not be involved in the industry as well. 
So I'm able to talk to people, whether that be through media interviews, in-person appearances, and social media. But really, there's a lot of different channels for Alice to reach those diverse communities across the entire state of Wisconsin and beyond. And really, we do what we do is advocating for and sharing more about the agriculture industry as a whole as well. So it's not just Wisconsin dairy, it's everything from cranberries to ginseng, cheese, and so much more. And the program is really, it's not just an incredible once in a lifetime opportunity for top candidates and the individuals who are selected to serve as Alice in Dairyland, but it's also a credible, friendly face for consumers who are eager to learn more about where their food comes from as well. So it's a great opportunity to reach people from many different platforms and advocate for the industry that we all know so well. What's the commodity that you've had to learn the most about in these last few months? Well, if I would have answered that question in July, I would say ginseng because I'm from Southern Wisconsin. So before I was an Allison Dairyland top candidate, I really didn't know what Wisconsin ginseng was. I mean, we grow 90% of all the ginseng that's in the United States. But as of this week, I would say horseradish. I did not know that horseradish was grown here in the state of Wisconsin, but I was able to travel up to Eau Claire a few days ago and actually tour Silver Springs Foods, and they grow a lot of horseradish there. So I was able to try a few products and see how the root actually looks when it comes out of the ground. But there's a lot of different areas of Wisconsin agriculture that you would never know about until you get out in the field and you experience it. What's your favorite way to share those messages? Like, do you have a preferred communication method that you really like to embrace? I really like talking to people in person. I think that's one of the greatest things that I'm able to do with my job is I can walk up to anyone and everyone and just start talking about agriculture and they they love to hear everything. So I would say that's probably one of my favorite things, but I also really like working with media professionals as well, because again, acting like a student, sometimes these media professionals don't know about Wisconsin agriculture. So I think specifically back to July, which was National Ice Cream Month. I was in the Milwaukee area and I had a recipe where you could make ice cream at home and our TV broadcaster that was interviewing me had never heard of Alice in Dairyland and he really didn't even know that you could make ice cream on your own. He thought it was just made in a factory and it showed up at the grocery store. So on the TV, I was able to talk about Wisconsin dairy and Wisconsin ice cream, but I was also able to connect with him before and after we recorded the show and talk about that as well. So those are just two little opportunities in there. That's really, really cool. I love making ice cream at home. I do too. (laughs) So if you think about like common conversations that you're having in these face-to-face moments with people, what is top of mind for consumers when it comes to issues in your culture? I think especially right now, one of the largest issues or misperceptions within the dairy industry specifically is is the sustainability of our farms and our farm families as well. So we, we know this because we grew up in agriculture, but our farmers are excellent stewards of the land. They're always focused on continuous improvement, and they share in that desire for clean water and a better future for tomorrow, just like their non-farming neighbors as well. So consumers can really feel good about choosing real dairy because Wisconsin dairy products are responsibly and sustainably produced by our dairy farmers. Our milk, cheese, and yogurt provide nutrients. People of all ages really need to grow and maintain stronger bodies and minds as well. So I think World Dairy Expo was a great opportunity to learn more about that, certainly. Just really being able to connect with consumers who were traveling there for the event. I talked to a lot of non-farm families, which was great to have them at the event and learn more about Wisconsin's dairy farm families. But really what we think about is how our dairy farms actually use fewer resources due to innovation practices. And that includes cow comfort, 
improve feed and genetics and modern barn design as well. So the environmental impacts of producing a gallon of milk have actually shrunk quite significantly in the last 10 years. Farmers are committed to treating their cows and land with the utmost care and respect because quality care yields quality products, right? And quality products create happy dairy lovers. And I am truly one of those dairy lovers. Our dairy industry itself contributes $45.6 billion to the state's economy every single year. And it's really a tremendous driving force in Wisconsin's economy as a whole, both rural and urban audiences. The best way that I like to tell people to support Wisconsin dairy farmers in this mission in sustainability and in supporting tomorrow's farmers as well is by continuing to buy local. So that's a really great thing that we see here in Wisconsin. And it's super easy if you're in the store to just look for the Proudly Wisconsin Dairy or Proudly Wisconsin Cheese badges. And that certifies that your cheese or dairy product was made right here in the state of Wisconsin. Again, supporting over 6,000 dairy farm families here in the state of Wisconsin. And 96% of all of our farms are owned by families as well. So that's a really great thing to remember here too. Those uh, little badges on the cheese have turned me into a bit of a cheese snob since moving to Wisconsin. I now, every time, like every Christmas, it's baskets of cheese from me. Like that Mm -hmm. is my go-to Christmas gift for my family because they can't buy it at their stores most likely. So I just like, here's Wisconsin cheese, like enjoy. (laughs) I have some friends that actually go to college out of state and some of them are all the way down in Texas. So when they come back up to Wisconsin, all of their friends expect they fill an entire cooler full of Wisconsin cheese and bring it back to campus with them. So that just goes to show you how many people love Wisconsin cheese. All of our cheese lovers across across the world really recognize Wisconsin as America's dairy land. So our cheese is certainly something to celebrate. Yeah, and I won't discredit cheese in other states because it's also delicious there, but uh, I obviously have more access to the Wisconsin cheese here. So Taylor, you, you know, you have this title as Alice and you get to wear a sash and I'm told it's a tiara, but some girls Mm -hmm. wear crowns, right? People hold these ambassador roles that really help advocate for agriculture in different titles. How can people go about sharing stories and advocating without those really like basically entrance gates um, that they have access to. We've talked a lot specifically about how Alice serves as an agriculture ambassador, but like you said, being an advocate for the industry really goes beyond just a tiara and a sash. Every day I'm really fortunate to interact with individuals who come from very different diverse backgrounds. Some people grow up on a farm, some are only one generation removed from the farm, and others really have no agriculture background at all. So going back to how I talked about being a student in every single one of my experiences, I think it's really important to consider that here as well. Learning from individuals is so important. So learning more about their backgrounds, what they may or may not know about the agriculture industry, and most importantly, what they want to learn. It's really important to share your experiences share why your family does what they do every day on the farm and how you personally have been impacted by agriculture. For me, raising livestock and having an opportunity to be on the farm every day is ultimately why I decided to pursue agriculture communications professionally. I really found a passion for talking to consumers, sharing my agriculture story, and now helping to shape that story for others as well. So You know, it's a really great thing to have a tiara and a sash. It's a really easy way to be recognized when I'm out in public and people will walk up to me and start asking me questions about agriculture. But certainly if you don't have a tiara and a sash, it's still a great opportunity to advocate for our farm families here in the state of Wisconsin, advocate for the agriculture industry, 
because again, it is an industry that we all know so well. And it's really just about sharing your story and why you do what you do. If people want to start doing that, do you have any tips or tricks for them to get going on that advocacy path? I would say find your why. That's the biggest thing. So why are you passionate about agriculture? Why do you hold a job related to agriculture? Why is the industry important to not only you, but also to the next generation in your family? I think that's really the biggest thing. And when I was an Alice Top candidate, I didn't really have a lot of time in my life to sit back and reflect on everything that I have experienced in my life. So again, growing up on the farm, being in 4-H, and ultimately, again, pursuing that professionally. But when I was an Alice Top candidate, I really looked back on all of that. I looked back on all of my experiences. I look back at how when I was a student and milking cows on campus, which I thought was just a job, it was easy for me to go milk in the morning and go to class afterwards. That's really where I found my passion for Wisconsin dairy because I had never milked a cow before I made it to college. So it's really about finding why you do what you do, why you're passionate about the things that you are. And I I would say that's a really great place to start. Just reflect back on that and really just figure out what your passions are. If you could put an end to one misconception that consumers have or that the general public has about dairy specifically, which one would it be? I would say it's back to that sustainability piece, right? So our farmers really, again, are excellent stewards of the land. We're always focused on continuous improvement and our farmers are committed to treating their cows and land with care and respect too. So I would say that's one thing that I get asked a lot when I'm out in public is what's the sustainability of our farms or what do the what will a farm look like in 10 years? Or Wisconsin has fewer farms than we did a few years ago. So it is important to remember that. And again, 95% of all of our farms here in Wisconsin are owned by families. So it's truly something that families care about. I remember when I worked on Shelly and Ike's farm, every single morning I was out in the barn milking cows with Ike and he never took a day off. Him and Shelly had never taken a vacation in their life until last summer when I was able to stay on the farm and really manage the store and everything because they had an opportunity to do so. But Truly for our farming families, that is their life. That is what they're passionate about. And if they didn't love what they do, they wouldn't do it. I would say that's really the biggest piece is the sustainability aspect, not only land and water, but also for the next generation as well. So you mentioned that finding your why is the most important thing to do when you want to start advocating. So I feel like the last thing I should ask you is what is your why? So I told you before that I was a 4-H member for about 10 years. When I was a 4-H member, I had an opportunity to go to my county fair every single year. I showed beef steers. I was very active at the county fair. I was very active in 4-H, but I remember very specifically one of my very first county fairs as a 4-H member. I was in the barn feeding my animals and a young kid was walking through the barn with their family. And They were looking around, kind of confused about what was going on and just very scared. They didn't want to ask if they could pet my animal. They didn't want to ask if they could see what was going on. So I walked right up to them and I asked if she wanted to come pet my steer. And her face just lit up. She was so excited. She was so happy. And I took her over to my stall, gave her an opportunity to pet my steer, told her his name, told her how old he was, what he weighed, what he likes to eat, because he was munching on some hay at that time. So I think just for me, being able to ignite that passion and that excitement in younger people is truly why I do what I do. And inspiring the next generation of agriculturalists, whether they're two, three, four, five years old, or even 15, 50 years old, it's really just finding 
that joy in other people, making other people happy. I, I would say that is truly what, why I do what I do. But I can think back at the Wisconsin State Fair this year as well. I led daily milking demonstrations. We did cows and goats. So some people didn't even know that you could milk a goat at the state fair this year. And again, that was a great opportunity for me to talk about Wisconsin agriculture, a great avenue for me to do so. But also considering that interacting with these animals is something that made these people stay. So when I was in Dairy Lane, I was able to hold on to a calf and let some people pet a calf or pet one of our cows that was there as well. And again, just making those happy moments for other people. If people are looking for resources to start exploring how to advocate once they establish their why, just like you have Taylor, where can they go? What, what kind of things are out there um, to help them along the way? The dairy farmers of Wisconsin offer quite a few resources, whether that be for classroom use or for public use as well. So from virtual farm tours to again, classroom handouts and lesson plans and everything like that. They have a bunch of information about the dairy industry on their website. But if you are looking for Alice-specific related things, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I also have a website, aliceanddairyland.com. So those are two certainly great places to start. If you want to see agriculture as a whole, come to my website. If you're looking for Wisconsin dairy specifically, the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is a great place to start. Yeah. And of course, for listeners who are not from here, that is our local checkoff uh, here in Wisconsin. So checkoff organizations across the country would also be great resources. Taylor, we have to say thank you for your time today and sharing a little bit about the ALICE program and advocating and all of the things that we've touched on and wish you the best of luck with the rest of your year in this role. Of course, thank you for the most important job of World Dairy Expo, which is delivering those uh, results for the Supreme Champion Ceremony. Thank you for having me. And thanks for letting me do that at Expo. It's certainly, again, something I will never forget. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 